It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. I want to talk today about a couple different things related to the offense, but I want to start with some of the questions that I've been getting on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, on Twitter, via DM, on Facebook, about sleepers. And the interesting thing about sleepers is now that the Packers have a 90-man roster, there's a lot of names on it. And, you know, we could talk about Curtis Bolton on this show if you really wanted to and we could talk about Eric Cotton and we could talk about you know Matthew Eaton and we could talk about the these fringe roster guys and you know the 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 question that I've been getting a lot is who are the sleepers who are the guys that are going to show out that we don't expect And what I think is interesting every season is the players who tend to surprise us or the players who, you know, I think the definition of surprise is that we're not expecting it. So maybe that's a little bit too specific. But the players who show out are often players that we don't expect. And that's not to say that that high draft pick rookies don't show out. I'm talking about sleeper picks. The sleeper picks are rarely the high name recognition players. At least anecdotally, that's how it feels. And and if it's not if it's not rarely, I think you can go back in Packer history recently and look at those guys and say, you know, it wasn't that undrafted free agent who you know was on the ESPN board in the fourth or the fifth round. Those are not the guys that that tend to say, hey, look at me. The other thing is we often are trying to look at players who play premium positions. Those are the players that we often identify as the, you know, the the potential show out guys. And those are the guys who Packer fans are always quick to say, oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna make it through waivers. And then guess what? He makes it through waivers. <laughs> this is something that we do every offseason. And and everyone does it. I'm I'm certainly guilty of it. I have been guilty of it in the past. The guys who could end up sneaking onto this team because of the impact that they make, 
very well may not be the names that we recognize. And so you look at someone like Greg Roberts from Baylor and and he got more money than his cohorts. Doesn't doesn't guarantee he's going to make the team. Doesn't mean that he's better than those guys. It very well may be the case that Kendall Donerson shows up and and just crushes. And the guy that that no one was talking about before that is killing it in the preseason or in training camp is someone that's already been on the team or is someone that we're just we're not thinking about, we're not expecting. And the the one of the reasons is just, you know, sort of cognitively without getting too nerdy into this is the gap between someone we've never heard of doing well or doing anything may seem bigger than someone we expect to play well playing just average football. So let's say two guys perform at a similar level, but one guy's name you've heard before. One guy's name is someone that college football fans are going to recognize. Plenty of college football fans are going to recognize Ty Summers. He is someone who played at not a prestige program, not a blue blood program, but TCU is a legit college football program. They've had significant success. They have a coach that is easily identifiable and recognizable who has a pedigree about him. They've they've won a lot of football at TCU. But is Ty Summers, if he plays at a, a 6 out of 10 in training camp, and then you take someone else, someone who has maybe been on this team, and someone who has some NFL experience, let's say James Crawford, who was a surprise add to this team last year, if he comes in and plays well, you shouldn't be surprised about that. Because a year two player is probably going to be better than a rookie, especially a rookie coming from the Big 12, where, by the way, they don't play defense. I think we often overrate rookies. We expect them to come in and be productive when the odds are that they just won't. These, these UDFAs, Green Bay has a history of making these guys relevant because they, they're very good at finding them and they're very good at putting them in a position to succeed. But that's not something that I think anyone should count on and, and to say, okay, we're going to try and identify these guys and say, this is, the, this is the UDFA who could come in and actually make an impact on the game. Well, the odds say that they'll probably find a handful of those guys, but the, also the odds say you're not going to identify them. Part of the reason that these guys exist, part of the reason Jared Boykin is such a great story, you know, part of the reason, you know, guys like Vic Sooto a couple of years ago, part of the reason that those guys are such good stories is because we had no idea they were coming. And so their rise seems more impactful. The difference between what we expected them to be and what they ended up being is greater than the, these other players who you didn't have expectations for who actually outperformed them. And just from a thought exercise standpoint, it should be intuitive to think, oh, well, you know, we thought that person was going to be a two and they ended up being a four and a half. Well, that might be the difference between someone who we thought would be a four and they ended up being a six and a half. Our brains might say, oh, no, they were they were actually pretty much the same. Well, no, they weren't. They outperformed our expectations at the same level. 
But in a lot of ways, we we tend to bucket those people in the same way. And and the people who we thought, you know, if we thought someone was going to be an eight, you know, you come in and you expect Darnell Savage right away to be a Pro Bowl player. He might perform to, let's say, a six. But there could be an undrafted free agent that you've never heard of who you thought was going to be a two and they're, they're really a four. You know, Raven Green comes in and performs at a level below Darnell Savage or this year's Raven Green. By the way, we didn't have any expectation, most people anyway, that Raven Green was going to be a player and he ended up outperforming expectations and was actually legitimately good enough to make a team. But he, he might only have to be a five or a six. You know, let's say he's a five. You know, if we're going to use, you know, quasi Madden scale. If he's a five, but you expected him to be a two and you wanted Darnell Savage to be a nine or an eight and he's a six. Well, by those standards, objectively speaking, if we can be objective about it, Savage was better. But it might be the case that that player you did not expect to be great exceeded your expectations in a way that your brain says, well, that guy was better. But he wasn't. And so what we can't do is go into these these off-season workouts and into training camp and say, well, we have these expectations. And so what you need to do in order to be successful is to meet those expectations because those expectations are just generally speaking not realistic. There are going to be a handful of guys who pop that we didn't expect. And there are going to be a handful of guys that we expect to pop who won't. And neither are sure indications of those players' quality. Now, there are players who need to have good training camps, who need to have good preseasons to make sure that they can make this team. But that's not the same as saying that they aren't or are better than these fringe players who are coming in maybe with far less expectations and performing below the level of these more established or at least better known players who have higher expectations. So we have to we have to understand and and reckon with our own personal biases and I and and even the biases of, you know, Cheesehead Nation as a whole. It is the case that often groupthink plays a role in all of this. If everyone has the same sleeper going into training camp, you go, "Oh yeah, I expect that guy to be good. He's going to be great." You know, if everyone thinks Dexter Williams is the second coming of Amon Green and all of a sudden he's playing really well in a vacuum for what a a late day three pick would be or should be, but he is not going to be, you know, the sleeper of the preseason, we may look at that and say, well, he's not performing up to expectations. Well, maybe the expectations were wrong and we never interrogate those. We never seek to say, Well, did we have the right expectations? All we said was they didn't live up to expectations. Well, those are are different ideas. And they're importantly different ideas. And we have to reckon with them in different ways. So as we head toward more off-season work and we get into the preseason work with training camp and, and out of the rookie camp, the reward the the reports out of rookie camp, we always have to take with a grain of salt because it's rookie camp. We have to understand that performance relative to expectation is what's going to drive our evaluations of these players. And it's better to go in 
and say, look, everyone's fighting to make the team. Who looks the best? And that's the best way if you're a team to say, how do we, how do we get down to our best group of players? How do, we, how do we pick the best group of guys? Not based on what they did, not based on who they were last year or the year before or what they've been for the last five years. Who are they now? Everyone, every spot is up for grabs every year. And that is, that is not totally true. I mean, I think there is clearly value in a player who maybe he has a bad season or a bad training camp. Those guys should get some more rope if they're established veterans. But at the same time, you can't say, well, that person was good last year, so they're going to be good this year, or they were bad last year, so they're going to be bad this year. That's not how this works. We've seen too many evolutions and too many degradations of players to say, well, you you just are who you are. No. You are a lot more than who you have been, and every year we see that from players. You have to give them the opportunity to do that. Now, tying that back into our discussion about the 90-man roster. A couple of these guys are going to make the team. Are they going to impact the game in meaningful ways? The odds say probably not. Could they? Sure. Do we do we need to care about it as we sit here on May 7th? I really, really don't think we do. But these these decisions are difficult. Staffing decisions are difficult. Hiring is challenging. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast and smart. I bet Brian Gutekinds would love to use ZipRecruiter to fill out his roster. It just doesn't work that way. ZipRecruiter is a place where growing businesses can connect to qualified candidates because they send your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within just one day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months 
making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. What's interesting is I was I was looking to try and find a list of players that I felt like, you know, the Packers go through this draft class and, you know, they're, they are aggressive. They trade up in the first round to get a higher first round pick with their second pick. And they draft a lot of, of players that have positions where they could be starting in 2020 and beyond. As a result, and this is fascinating, if you look at all the players in this class, how many of them actually potentially usurp or are even in a position to usurp a player at a position where he feels like he should be the guy? I mean, all these, look, (laughs) NFL players, they always believe that, that they're better than everyone else. That's just how this works. In order to be a professional athlete, you sort of have to have that attitude. I'm the best guy, and everyone else should understand that. And I'm going to work my butt off, and I'm going to prove that I'm the best guy. This is Giannis Atetokounmpo in spades. I'm the best guy. He's believed he's the best guy for two, three years. Right now, he's the best guy. Not everyone is the best guy, but you, you need that mindset to succeed. You look at Rashawn Gary. He's not going to unseat Zadarius or Preston Smith. His selection does not put anyone on this roster of any consequence in any kind of jeopardy. The same is true for Darnell Savage. They didn't have anyone there. He is going to start probably from day one. And if he's not going to start, he's going to play 60, 70% of snaps because Mike Patton is going to play him in a ton of different alignments, assuming that he's good enough to do that. And and I think even if he's not, frankly, he's going to have to play 40, 50, 60% of snaps. So if, if your two first-round picks are not taking anyone off the board, it is the case, generally speaking, and historically speaking, statistically speaking, those are all relevant and important. As we go down the list of, of players on the Packers draft board, it becomes less and less likely they're going to usurp anyone's position. Elton Jenkins, probably not going to start this year. Where does he push on this roster? I think he is the player of everyone in this class that is most likely to, just by his mere presence and the quality that he could bring to this offensive line, push someone off the roster. Now, that says as much about someone like Lane Taylor as it does about Jenkins because Lane Taylor's not a great fit for this offense. And so if he gets pushed off this team, it's not because he's not a good player. I think he is still a good player. We had our discussion with Brandon Thornton about Elton Jenkins and off the air, he and I talked about how we, you know, we agreed Lane Taylor is an underrated player. Does it mean he's an ideal fit for Matt LaFleur? No, it does not. So if anyone is going to, is going to be, you know, threatening to push someone else off the roster, not just push them out of the starting lineup, off the roster, Elton Jenkins would be probably be the guy. Jimmy Graham was, was never long for this world. Mercedes Lewis is on a one-year contract, the second of two. 
And when as soon as Jay Sternberger was the pick, Sternberger, I'm going to get this right. I promise I'm going to get it right. Sternberger. As soon as Jay Sternberger was the pick, everyone understood, okay, he is going to learn in 2019. This is going to be an apprentice season for Sternberger in 2019. I'm going to keep using the name. I'm going to use it until it is in my brain that it's a hard G. Sternberger. He was never going to be a huge, impactful player in 2019. In fact, it is it is very rare that tight ends are that. But that he's going to have an opportunity in 2020. When he does that, who is he pushing off this roster who wasn't already destined to be off of it? Packers probably not going to bring back Mercedes Lewis. Packers almost certainly not going to bring back Jimmy Graham. And that was true even before they drafted Jay Sternberger. So does his presence really affect those things? I don't think so. Beyond that, Kingsley Kiki, they had some defensive line deficiencies. I don't think he pushes anyone of consequence off this roster. I don't think, unless he's just like a kick-ass rock star, is he going to push Dean Lowry or Mike Daniels off this team? No, he's not. He's not. If Mike Daniels is not resigned at the end of 2019, it's because Green Bay just simply didn't feel like he was worth resigning. I don't think we should create causality there. If they felt like they needed to upgrade that spot, they would have addressed it in free agency more often, and they would have addressed it in the draft. And certainly sooner than day three. After that, do we even need to have these conversations? I mean, Dexter Williams is not going to usurp Aaron Jones. He's not going to push Jamal Williams off this team, even if he's even if he's better than Jamal Williams. And I'm not convinced he's going to be in a, in a scheme that I think fits Williams, both of them, both Williams is perfectly. Dexter Williams is not going to push Jamal Williams off this team. He's not. They're both going to make the team, and they're probably going to be one, two, three in the in the depth chart. Do we need to have a conversation about him pushing Capri Bibbs off the team? No, no one cares. And Ty Summers, he's not going to, Oren Burks is not going to leave because Ty Summers is on the team. Blake Martinez is not going to not get a contract extension because of Ty Summers. That's ridiculous. So how much is this draft class really going to impact the way this roster is shaped long term? It's not. And I think that says something unique about Green Bay, and it says that Brian Gutekunst has done a very good job of shaping this roster overall because... If these guys were pushing other people out the door, that would mean that Green Bay had players worth pushing out the door. It is the case that some of the players on this team should be pushed out the door. The Packers do not have tight ends that they can trust in 2019. Those guys are going to be gone in 2020. They do not have a starting free safety in 2019 that they can trust. But they drafted guys who in 2019, in the case of Darnell Savage, and in 2020, in the case of Jay Sternberger, Sternberger, they have guys that they believe in. That doesn't compress the roster. That opens it up. So in the same way that free agency opened Green Bay up to find these players, to find the right guys to fill these kinds of holes, it is also the case that they found guys who are not also pushing established players off the board, that Green Bay only had these very specific needs these very specific holes, and that finding players at those positions allows Green Bay to maintain the talent it has while adding 
this other kind of talent that it needed. That is a unique position for a team to be in. And it sets Green Bay up, if they're right about these draft picks, to bring in players who are impact guys at positions of need, which, as we've talked about many times, makes them more impactful than players who wouldn't necessarily play. Those kinds of players can still push more established guys off the roster. Doesn't mean they're good picks. And it doesn't mean that they're better in a vacuum than this other player. But it does have repercussions for veterans that we would have to discuss. In this case, we don't really have repercussions to discuss because this draft class is not really pushing anyone who wasn't already headed out the door, out the door. It's like that line from The Departed when Jack Nicholson is finally confronted by Matt Damon's character about being an FBI informant. And and he says, you know, I never gave them anyone who wasn't going down already. That is the situation Green Bay is in right now. They are not pushing anyone off the roster with this draft class who wasn't already getting pushed off the roster just by the facts we already had on the ground, the facts already in evidence. We knew these players were not long for this world. Green Bay found their replacements. That doesn't push them off the roster. It just means Green Bay felt they needed to move on from some of these guys. They were already going to do that. And drafting some of these players made it easier to do that. But that's really only the case at tight end. All of these other players, you know, tight end and, and maybe left guard. Green Bay needed to find a right guard. They got it in Billy Turner. They needed to find a free safety. They got it in Darnell Savage. And they got guard depth with Elton Jenkins. They bring Cole Madison in. But none of these guys are pushing established veterans out the door in all likelihood. Unless Elton Jenkins performs so well that he is pushing Lane Taylor to the chopping block, which I don't know that that really makes sense given the way that this roster is composed. Nico Saragusa already off the board. This draft class is really not affecting the long-term plans in ways that we didn't already think it was going to affect this team. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow with more Locked On Packers. I know a lot of the excitement is over, but you know I, I encourage you to stick with the show. We're going to find reasons to stay connected to this team, to keep the information going. Again, all of the Rookie Orientation series are coming up. We still have the Zadarius Smith free agent show to do and then we're going to get a boatload of guests on the show over the course of the offseason between now and july there's still going to be stuff to talk about if you've been with me for the last two off seasons you know i will always find things to talk about 
and hopefully in entertaining ways. That's my job. That's my goal. So hopefully you will take that journey with me. And the best way that you can make sure you never miss out on that journey is you subscribe to the show on iTunes or on Spotify or on Google Play or on Himalaya. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And one thing you can do to make sure other people find the show is to leave a review on iTunes or on Facebook and let people know you like the show, what you like about it, why they should be listening to Locked on Packers. I love to read those messages. I love to see them. And I love to hear from people. Hey, I my friend told me about this show. My coworker couldn't stop talking about the show. Hey, my my girlfriend listens to the show. And I started listening. And I really like it. Thanks for doing the show. So word of mouth is a great way to let other people know that they should be listening to Locked on Packers. Another great way, the Locked on Packers fan hotline. Anytime you want to hit us up with the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. It's a great way to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.